The Third Discourse Against the Arians, Chapter 29, by Athanasius of Alexandria, translated by John Henry Newman and Archibald Robertson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Texts Explained 12, Matthew 26.39, John 12.27, and so forth. Therefore, as when the flesh advanced, he is said to have advanced because the body was his own, so also what is said at the season of his death, that he was troubled, that he wept, must be taken in the same sense. For they, going up and down, as if thereby recommending their heresy anew, allege, Behold, he wept, and said, Now is my soul troubled. And he besought that the cup might pass away. How then, if he so spoke, is he God, and word of the Father? Yea, it is written that he wept, O God's enemies, and that he said, I am troubled. And on the cross he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, that is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he besought that the cup might pass away. Thus certainly it is written. But again I would ask you, for the same rejoinder must of necessity be made to each of your objections. If the speaker is mere man, let him weep and fear death as being man. But if he is the word in flesh, for one must not be reluctant to repeat, whom had he to fear, being God? Or wherefore should he fear death, who was himself life, and was rescuing others from death? Or how, whereas he said, Fear not him that kills the body, should he himself fear? Or how should he who said to Abraham, Fear not, for I am with thee, and encouraged Moses against Pharaoh? and said to the son of Nun, Be strong and of good courage, himself feel terror before Herod and Pilate. Further, he who succors others against fear, for the Lord, says Scriptures, is on my side, I will not fear what man can do unto me. Did he fear governors, mortal men? Did he who himself was come against death feel terror of death? Is it not both unseemly and irreligious to say that he was terrified at death or Hades, whom the keepers of the gates of Hades saw and shuddered? But if, as you would hold, the word was in terror, wherefore, when he spoke long before of the conspiracy of the Jews, did he not flee? Nay, said when actually sought, I am he. For he could have avoided death, as he said, I have power to lay down my life, and I have power to take it again, and no one taketh it from me. But these affections were not proper to the nature of the word as far as he was word, but in the flesh which was thus affected was the word, O Christ's enemies and unthankful Jews. For he said not all this prior to the flesh, but when the word became flesh and has become man, then it is written that he said this, that is, humanly. Surely he of whom this is written was he who raised Lazarus from the dead, and made water wine, and vouchsafed sight to the man born blind, and said, I and my Father are one. If, then, they make his human attributes a ground for low thoughts concerning the Son of God, nay, consider him altogether man from the earth, and not from heaven, wherefore not from his divine works recognize the Word who is in the Father, and henceforward renounce their self-willed irreligion? For they are given to see how he who did the works is the same as he who showed that his body was passable 
by his permitting it to weep in hunger and to show other properties of a body for while by means of such he made it known that though god impassable he had taken a passable flesh yet from the works he showed himself the word of god who had afterwards become man saying though ye believe not me beholding me clad in a human body yet believe the works that ye may know that i am in the father and the father in me and christ's enemies seem to me to show plain shamelessness and blasphemy for when they hear i and the father are one they violently distort the sense and separate the unity of the father and the son but reading of his tears or sweat or sufferings they do not avert to his body but on account of these rank in the creation him by whom the creation was made what then is left for them to differ from the jews in for as the jews blasphemously ascribed god's works to beelzebub so also will these ranking with the creatures the lord who wrought those works undergo the same condemnation as theirs without mercy but they ought when they hear i and the father are one to see in him the oneness of the godhead and the propriety of the father's essence and again when they hear he wept and the like to say that these are proper to the body especially since on each side they have an intelligible ground namely that this is written as of god and that with reference to his manhood for in the incorporeal the properties of the body had not been unless he had taken a body corruptible and mortal for mortal was holy mary from whom was his body wherefore of necessity when he was in a body suffering and weeping and toiling these things which are proper to the body are ascribed to him together with the body if then he wept and was troubled it was not the word considered as the word who wept and was troubled but it was proper to the flesh and if too he besought that the cup might pass away it was not the godhead that was in terror but this affection too was proper to the manhood and that the words why hast thou forsaken me are his according to the foregoing explanations though he suffered nothing for the word was impassable is notwithstanding declared by the evangelists since the lord became man and these things are done and said as from a man that he might himself lighten these very sufferings of the flesh and free it from them whence neither can the lord be forsaken by the father who is ever in the father both before he spoke and when he uttered this cry nor is it lawful to say that the lord was in terror at whom the keepers of hell's gates shuddered and set open hell and the gates did gape and many bodies of the saints arose and appeared to their own people therefore be every heretic dumb nor dare to ascribe terror to the lord whom death as a serpent flees at whom demons tremble and the sea is in alarm for whom the heavens are rent and all the powers are shaken for behold when he says why hast thou forsaken me the father showed that he was ever and even then in him for the earth knowing its lord who spoke straightway trembled and the veil was rent and the sun was hidden and the rocks were torn asunder and the graves as i have said did gape and the dead in them arose and what is wonderful they who were then present and had before denied him 
then seeing these signs, confessed that truly he was the Son of God. And as to his saying, If it be possible, let this cup pass, observe how, though he thus spoke, he rebuked Peter, saying, Thou savourest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. For he willed what he deprecated, for therefore had he come. But his was the willing, for for it he came, but the terror belonged to the flesh. Wherefore, as man he utters this speech also, and yet both were said by the same, to show that he was God, willing in himself, but when he had become man, having a flesh that was in terror. For the sake of this flesh, he combined his own will with human weakness, that destroying this affection, he might in turn make man undaunted in the face of death. Behold, then, a thing strange indeed. He to whom Christ's enemies impute words of terror, he by that so-called terror renders men undaunted and fearless. And so the blessed apostles after him, from such words of his, conceived so great a contempt of death as not even to care for those who questioned them, but to answer, We ought to obey God rather than men. And the other holy martyrs were so bold as to think that they were rather passing to life than undergoing death. Is it not extravagant, then, to admire the courage of the servants of the word, yet to say that the word himself was in terror, through whom they despised death? But from that most enduring purpose and courage of the holy martyrs is shown that the Godhead was not in terror, but the Saviour took away our terror. For as he abolished death by death, and by human means all human evils, so by this so-called terror did he remove our terror, and brought about that never more should men fear death. His word and deed go together, for human were the saints, let the cup pass, and why hast thou forsaken me? And divine the act, whereby the same did cause the sun to fail, and the dead to rise. Again he said, humanly, Now is my soul troubled. And he said, divinely, I have power to lay down my life, and power to take it up again. For to be troubled was proper to the flesh, and to have power to lay down his life and take it again when he will, was no property of men, but of the word's power. For man dies not by his own power, but by necessity of nature and against his will. But the Lord, being himself immortal, but having a mortal flesh, had power as God to become separate from the body and to take it again, when he would. Concerning this, too, speaks David in the psalm. Thou shalt not leave my soul in Hades, neither shalt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. For it beseemed that the flesh, corruptible as it was, should no longer after its own nature remain mortal, but because of the word who had put it on, should abide incorruptible. For as he, having come in our body, was conformed to our condition, so we, receiving him, partake of the immortality that is from him. Idle, then, is the excuse for stumbling, and petty the notions concerning the word of these aerial maniacs, because it is written, He was troubled, and he wept. For they seem not even to have human feeling if they are thus ignorant of man's nature and properties, 
which do but make it the greater wonder that the word should be in such a suffering flesh and neither prevented those who were conspiring against him nor took vengeance of those who were putting him to death though he was able he who hindered some from dying and raised others from the dead and he let his own body suffer for therefore did he come as i said before that in the flesh he might suffer and thenceforth the flesh might be made impassable and immortal and that as we have many times said contumely and other troubles might determine upon him and come short of others after him being by him annulled utterly and that henceforth men might for ever abide incorruptible as a temple of the word had christ's enemies thus dwelt on these thoughts and recognized the ecclesiastical scope as an anchor for the faith they would not have made shipwreck of the faith nor been so shameless as to resist those who would fain recover them from their fall and to deem those as enemies who are admonishing them to be religious. End of chapter 29